Hello, everyone. It's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. We're back. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And uh, we had a little brief hiatus here um, because we were traveling. And yeah. uh, we'll talk a little nothing, bit about that today. Nothing bad with that one. <laughs> no, it's always better. We were actually using our cameras rather than talking about them. That's always good. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what we did um, and um, how that might relate to a future trip and then um there's been some product announcements and then there's some new things that came out for lightroom we'll talk about those too and if you subscribe to my email newsletters you probably saw that i did a webinar on what was new in lightroom so there's a it's a very nice update yeah there's a so i have a little video on that that i'll be putting out later on youtube anyhow um Let's talk about the product announcements first, because get those out of the way. Two, uh, at least the ones that we noticed, you know, there's always products announcements coming out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but there's a couple for Nikon Z shooters. Um, and the first one we'll mention is is a zoom lens from Tamron. That's a 150 to 500 F 5.0 to 6.7 DI3 lens. And I think this lens has been around before and other mounts if i'm not mistaken but it's coming out in native z mount Mm -hmm. um what i will say about that is um that's good i mean that's good to see tamron continuing to produce lenses that are in their brand under the with a z mount that can add to the lineup so that's never a bad thing um it's probably more the better for nikon owners yeah i mean that's just a good thing um what i'm looking at um is you know the obvious thing will be so would how would that compare to the 180 to 600 which we talked about that i actually tested mm-hmm. and it's probably not quite as good um it's certainly not as versatile range it's a little lighter and it's a little less expensive so it's it lists for just under 1200 dollars, whereas the the nikon one is uh 180 to 600 is uh it's like 1700 1695 mm-hmm. or something you know, whatever right so that's 500 dollars that you could put in your pocket potentially um they're both probably pretty good um i think the nikon's probably better <laughs> if it was me picking one yeah you know, if i'm recollecting some things i think i read about that lens in a sony mount it's not going to be quite as good but it'll be fine you know it's it, not it going to have the internal good- zoom right the internal zoom design it's going to and that is a nice thing right so, so the nikon is better you know when you add in the features but, but again but it's still for someone on a budget money. yeah we're doing wildlife very sporadically or using it as a zoo lens it, it should be great right and and that's 500 dollars in your pocket that you can put to something else so yeah. i mean um but you know they're both going to be kind of comp it's three and two thirds three and three quarter pounds roughly so a little lighter than the than the nikon one um but that's good to see so i'm i'm kind of pleased with that um don't think i'll be testing one anytime soon but that's that's okay and then there's a nikon lens that came out last week too it's not out yet i mean it's not available yet but it's listed for pre-order and that's a 600 millimeter f63 and this is one with the phase fresnel the pf design that nikon first rolled out with their 500 um and 300 for f mount mm-hmm. these are excellent designs they're mm-hmm. they they do shave quite a bit of weight 
Awesome. Those are lenses that we used to own, and they were very fine lenses. Excellent lenses. And so this one is out. It's a, and it's a little bit of a, so I'm, I'm scratching my head a little bit, but again, I'm not necessarily who they're targeting this lens to, because I think the obvious question would be, well, what's the advantage of this versus the 180 to 600 zoom? It's it has the same maximum aperture, at right? Six hundred millimeters, and, and that's I think that's the key piece, right? This is not a six hundred f four point five, you know, or the eight hundred six three, you know, which is significantly light. This is way lighter lens than the the other six hundred, you know. So there's the six hundred f four, which right. is an, not only an utter beast, but it it requires a second mortgage, right? So it's just one that's you know outstanding lens. But at f six point three on the on the wide end, the question for me would be, well, what would be the advantage over the zoom? Can you think of any? Well, you know, I, I like you know, I I was puzzled in the same sort of way. I mean, it's it's about a pound lighter, so okay. that helps. It's it's going to be a little bit sharper based on the MTF curves. Well, the MTF but, is is one of the best I've ever seen. So it's however, you know, but. You know. The other one is more than adequate um, oh. for most things. When I looked at the other one that the telephoto and you know the six hundred end for that zoom, it's like that's a great MTF. Like no one would sneeze at that one, right? It's just. But but I personally I like the option of being able to back off on the focal length, um, not up. only for alternative compositions because not everything is a six hundred millimeter composition. But sometimes by doing so, it makes it easier to locate your subject right. in the viewfinder, and then you zoom in, and that one's got that very quick internal zoom that makes it very painless to do that. So if it were me, I'd have to think really hard. It would have to be a situation where I was really into small birds, and I knew that I was going to always be using um, the zoom at 600 or possibly a either. lens at 600, possibly right. with a teleconverter and, and cropping further, you know, and then, then it could make sense. Right. Cause it is but lighter. You're, yeah. You're but you're spending a fair amount more money. Well, there's the elephant in the room, right? If, if all we were talking about was the two lenses, you would say, well, you know, I don't, I don't really know which way to go. And you know, if you were just shooting 600 all the time, yeah, mm -hmm. you could, you could do that. But then you look at the price tag, and and what you see is that the um, the the new lens has a price tag of forty eight hundred dollars US forty seven ninety six when I'm looking at the B and H website, compared to just under seventeen hundred dollars for the zoom, which is such. A so bargain. you're talking about a two point eight x price premium for a little lighter lens that doesn't zoom that has well very sharp right it's it's mm -hmm. ridiculously sharp edge to edge according to the mtf okay <laughs> sorry but you know so unless you're the kind of person who really just likes having all these expensive lenses which is fair i mean <laughs> but if it were me the decision would be very easy you know um you'd have a lot more versatility with the zoom and you'd put a lot more money in you'd keep a lot more money in your bank account <laughs> mm -hmm. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah. But yeah. hey, add lenses to the lineup. This is a cool thing. It's always, you know, there's never a problem with having 
lenses in your lineup. That's, you know. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Other things. I, I will mention something that we'll talk about in a future episode. Okay. I'm actually doing engagement photos later today. And I'm going to be using the Fuji. You know, we've talked about it. The GFX 100. I'll just say Mark II. Okay. I, refuse I, w- to I, use won't, the, I won't the call second. it the second. Yeah. No, okay. no one is. It's, it's, I know. it's bizarre I'll do thing. it just to annoy you. Fuji doesn't even call it that. Really. <laughs> At any rate, um, I'll be doing that later today. It's, it's already an interesting experience, you know, because I've had to learn a lot about poses. My wife is helping with those especially. So that well, you talk nice. about getting out of our comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. This is about as far out of my comfort zone and probably some, you know, yours as we could ever do other than maybe doing underwater photography or something like that. The, right? only, the only part that's out of my comfort zone is knowing the poses, you know, all the special engagement photo poses. Right. right? But that's what I mean. And you're doing mm-hmm. it for a specific, in this case, you know, a client, basically. I mean, I know it's relative of yours but mm-hmm. and you're doing this kind of as a favor but you know right. there's a reason i don't shoot weddings and engagement mm-hmm. photos. you know you need to get them right because this is what someone is counting on for their right. memory right so you really don't want to screw it up you know and thank god for digital because you know you could at least review your images and find out you yeah. did something weird but i have done similar stuff and i can tell you you know I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's just, and you know, they've always come out. Okay. But, um, I got asked by a friend to do senior portraits of her daughter one time and I was, and, and they were okay, but it was the same problem that, that you're going to be facing, um, which is Colorado outdoor photography is terrible for portraits. Most of the time. Yeah. Well, I, I've done enough scouting that I, Got that sorted out. And if- well, but the light can be so brutally harsh. This is not like when you're back east and you get a partly cloudy day. Oh, we I, just don't no. get those. But I'm saying I the locations I've scouted right. are all sheltered from the sun. So pro tip, <laughs> you know, this is that, <laughs> you know, you can't just go out there and do that. Because if you just went out to this location that might be otherwise glorious, full sun and windy day, I mean, it's just not going to work for portraits. No, no, so, no, no, no. and you can't carry giant diffusers with you everywhere no. you go. And, and, and strobes can get complicated outdoors. I mean, they have their purpose, but it can be kind of messy. So this will be interesting. Yeah. It will. And, and, and so, um, and you've got a couple of prime lenses for that Fuji, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, yeah, but we'll, we'll save all of that. For right. So that'll afterwards. be fun. I mean, it's still a cool thing to do, and I hope that yeah. I'm sure the photos will come out just great. I, you know, yeah, I I did some test ones of my wife in these locations just so I could see what I thought. Good, and I th- I think they'll turn out nicely. That that's good. Well, that's good to know, and then I'll have to pick your brain on those locations maybe for future yeah. future sure. knowledge. You know, yeah. um, we went on a trip though. Before we get to the Lightroom stuff, let's just mention what we were doing, <laughs> why we weren't yeah. around last week. Because we were yeah, on a cruise, <laughs> we were... with, our signi- with our significant others. It was in good. New England. Yeah, we went to. Um, we started in New York City, ordered a cruise. We actually had a few days in New York City, which was glorious. That's yeah, it's always fun. And 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 I don't think we could have had better weather in New York when we were there. Oh, like literally, it was perfect. Seventy degrees and and partly cloudy blue sky. I I mean it was as good of a postcard as you'll get from Manhattan ever. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. And then we got on the cruise ship and we went up um, to 
where did we go? We went to um, Newport, Rhode Island. Newport, Rhode Island, Boston, and then up to Bar Harbor, Maine, Halifax, and St. John up in Canada, and then back. And it was great. Yeah. Um, we had a little bit of fall colors, kind of hit or miss this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have good fall colors in in Maine, but they were several weeks late. <laughs> they were they were it, we we shouldn't have had fall colors that far north, but but we did. And then um, we didn't have them down in Rhode Island and Boston, so it was no. you know kind of funny that it was too early. So fall colors have been late this year. So I, I would say for anybody trying to to plan a trip around fall colors, don't. <laughs> you know just well no i mean go that time of year and just hope that you get them in one of the spots because you're you're really you can't predict them anymore you can't get too invested in the idea you you can go at the right time of year you have to be willing to enjoy what you end up with and i would actually say if you had to guess go earlier than later because the worst thing that can happen is if you go late and it was an early season now you're getting into into scenes that don't have any leaves at all. Right. And we were starting to see some, you know, leaves missing up in Halifax and, you know, mm-hmm. and it makes a difference in your shots. It does. Um, so, uh, you know, we went to the the spots and we both ended up gravitating for pretty much the same kit, which was using the uh, OM1 Olympus stuff and the uh, 12 to 100 F4 mm-hmm. zoom. God, yeah, like we went into combo. it with different mindsets. Um you went into it with the mindset of this is something that you might like to offer up as a, as a photo cruise, a photo cruise in the future. I went into it with the idea of I'm going with my wife on a cruise. Right. Well, I had both, but you know, well, I, I know wife, no, but know. I'm exclusively <laughs> yeah. in my case. Right. So I, right. I kind of, you weren't scouting it. You weren't and scouting. I, and I wasn't worrying too much about the photos. Yeah. I wasn't striving. Well, we got a few good ones. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm just saying I I really. It, it takes a certain amount of work, to get really good photos, right? You're gonna have to move around a whole lot more. You're gonna have to. Oh yeah. Shoot a lot more, obsess a little bit more, and I just, you know, I wasn't. Right. And I that. actually made the you know I do this every time, but I always try. Um, whether it's a sea day or otherwise to do a photo walk on the ship mm-hmm. and just look for pictures. So I did that. And I'll just say that, um, you know, while it's not the smallest thing, the 12 to 100 is so versatile. It's just, you know, I brought the little, uh, 18 millimeter equivalent prime and I used it for a few shots when we were, we had a few nice sunsets from the mm-hmm. deck of the ship this time of year, we were still in port or still, anchored when the sun was going down which was a doesn't always happen on the summertime cruises mm-hmm. um so that was really nice um and uh i just i just felt like you know we we drove around we found a waterfall and so being able to kick in that virtual nd filter which we both did mm-hmm. um and i was getting easily one quarter to one half second handheld shots Mm-hmm. with with that lens just bracing up against the we were on a little viewing platform wooden thing so bracing up against the rail just kind of leaning up against that it's pretty great i mean it was just it was just nice and yeah. did the same thing some handheld you know not like super long exposures but longer you know just slower to get mm-hmm. a little wave motion in the 
in the rocks on the coast in Maine. It was very cool. So mm-hmm. I I enjoyed having that and not having to lug around a big kit. Sounds but, like you're continuing to enjoy the OM one. Well, I'm having fun with it. That's for sure. It mm-hmm. seems to do what I ask it to do. It you know, and and if 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 it means I don't have to pack a set of ND filters, that's one less thing I have to pack, right? Right. Um. So it's um it, it's it's pretty cool for for things like that. So I'm 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 enjoying it. Um, and so it's good to be back. And uh, one of the things you know, speaking of the sunsets and the other, we photo, did do a good job eating lobster rolls. I think. Oh heck yeah, yeah <laughs> that was true. That was. There was at least three days where we had lobster rolls or lobsters of some kind, and that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do on a trip like that. Mm-hmm. Don't lose sight of the other types of enjoyment when you're traveling with your camera. Right. You know that's the important thing. Um, but when we got back, um, we were able to play with the newer features in Lightroom, and we'll just leave you with a teaser on that because otherwise yeah. we're going to be out of time. Um, and um, I'll put up a video link on my website once i get this post-production polished off because i did a webinar on it the other day um three new features two of which are quite useful right <laughs> one that <laughs> one that you know is it's cool but not something that you really want to use so the, you want to start with that one Just yeah out of the way. yeah because what what it does is it gives it's it's sort of been a beta thing in photoshop for for a while but it's this idea of being able to support expanded dynamic range displays hdr displays mm-hmm. which none of us own right. <laughs> because they're obscenely expensive but what it gives you is it, it you know especially if you've done an hdr merge like a photo that is hdr you can then adjust it in this hdr space you know mm-hmm. that's cool okay mm-hmm. but the problem is is that everything else is still standard dynamic range or sdr Right, and so if you just export that out as a JPEG or something, it looks awful. It looks like those bad, flat, poorly tone mapped early HDR images from, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. It looked terrible. So they do give you some tone mapping tools, and it gives you some some additional save formats. Something called JPEG XL, where you can actually save HDR format out files and sixteen uh, bit and things like that. But the reality is, I don't think anybody's going to really need that unless you truly have an HDR monitor and have a use for it. Because I don't see, you know, like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's not a very practical thing to the average photographer. Whereas the other two new features are really quite nice. Yes. And we've both been um, wishing for them for a while. Um, Which one one do you want to start with? Let's start with the easier one, which is the blur um, right. function. So it's like a lens blur, artificial bokeh. Yeah, and you, and it's very simple to use. It does a very good job from what I've seen, at least on things like portraits in particular and um, more obvious subjects of picking out the right subject and then allowing you a choice of how blurred the background should be and even the character of the background. Right. Does it look like it's coming from something something with not a whole lot of aperture blades or more, or you know, the soap bubble bokeh that some people like? I'm not a super fan of that, but you can do or it. Or the wonderful, truly 
truly outrageous ring donut bokeh, <laughs> which nobody liked unless you were shooting <laughs> sports in the 70s with a reflex lens, you know? I mean, well, one thing I've learned is things that I thought were hideous in the 70s and 80s are now trendy in some cases. So, well, I, I got I got to um, talk to a friend of mine about it who's been playing with it as well and, you know, these are all of the kinds of things that manufacturers have been trying to eliminate for the last, you know, however long. Yeah. Kind of like, but you know, know how that goes. but, but you can use it for just different kind of creative looks. Cause the, from a creative standpoint, no one's looking at that and viewing it as an aberration. They're mm -hmm. just viewing it as the characteristics of the out of focus highlights. But what I found is with that blur feature, it does a very good job finding the subject, having a decent transition Mm -hmm. zone and allowing you to vary it a little bit and so it visualizes like, it even so like you know sample portraits i did of my wife and stuff they came out very nicely mm -hmm. you know and so i think for some people it's going to be a very nice alternative to faster more expensive heavier bulkier lenses right i think that if you don't I, I would still say for right now, if you're making your living shooting portraits, you That's want a different. fast lens, you know, because That's you will different. get much better transitions if it's truly the mm -hmm. optical, you know, thing. And for cluttered subjects, things can get weird. You know, this works very well for reasonably isolated subjects where there's clear stuff. And in that case, you don't need a lot of blur because it looks weird. It looks strange. Mm -hmm. um, uh but a little blur taking the edge off of things can really make a difference. And it looks yeah. very, and I was impressed by how well it works because we've both been playing with that analogous feature in Photoshop. I think this is better. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the visualization tools they provide. And it's really still in a beta stage. So it's exactly it's it, it will change. And it's not fast. It's going to require some GPU horsepower. So just mm -hmm. be aware of that. If you turn it on, it's going to take a little while to, go through and generate stuff yeah um, older computers might not support it at all i'm not sure a very cool feature and then and the, the other, other one, one is nice a too. color adjustment tool and you want to describe that well they call it point color mm -hmm. and um it is added to the color mixer you know where you've got the hsl sliders for color ranges mm -hmm. and it gives you a way to to use an eyedropper to choose an exact color and then some sloppy range around it rather than be predefined reds, oranges, whatever, which works too. I mean, that, that works. Um, so that's by itself, that's okay. But where it's, and, and, and so you'll find it in the color mixer panel in Lightroom. Or it's also in and, and it does have some sliders for narrowing the zone down by set or increasing it by saturation. By yeah. Hue, so by the HSL. Yeah. So some things there, but. The but here's where the bonus feature is yeah, what you're going to say. What I'm going to say next is why I really like this feature is because it's available in the masking panel now. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that has been woefully lacking for a long time. Now, there's workarounds that you can kind of do with like doing color range selections in the masks. Mm -hmm. But this allows you to um, make a mask and then just say, hey, I want to dial up the reds. Click your eyedropper on the image and it'll just dial up the reds or whatever and this is extremely important when i bring up reds because the saturation slider which is in your masking tool is really vibrance 
We've said it before, but it's a Lightroom quirk. It's not really saturation. No, and and because it's intended to protect skin tones from becoming too pumpkin-like, you and very orange and stuff. Guess what it won't do is bump up those warm right. colors. And fall colors have a lot of orange in them, you know. It'll make your sky go iridescent. Right. Another place I like to use it is that if you've used something like vibrance or dehaze on a sky, those blues can sometimes get intense um, in places that you don't want them. Like think mountains and you know hills where they suddenly turn blue. You can use that point color and instead of dialing the vibrance back, you can just dial the blues back now, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I demoed this in my video, so it's out. It'll be out there by the time this is. It's a really nice new feature. So we like that. Um, and I think we're we're probably running out of time, Rick. I, I just feel like. I think we're, so. <laughs> we've, the, 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 we don't have the little um, kitchen timer, the egg timer to go off, but I think we're going to turn into a pumpkin here soon. So speaking of pumpkins, happy Halloween this week um, because that's coming up. And mm-hmm. uh, winter is coming. I, I looked at the forecast for monday morning it's supposed to be 13 degrees here in colorado fahrenheit in colorado springs that's definitely in the below zero celsius territory here Uh, not oh well all good i'm in the category of liking a mix of warm it's just kind of abrupt (laughs) it's just kind of then i'm fine with it yeah it just went we went we're going right into super frozen okay anyway i'm just glad i'm not shooting the engagement photos that day you're getting good weather today that's a good thing yeah all right well anyway until next time uh don't forget to follow our blog at imagedoctorsphoto.com we appreciate all of our supporters there you know who you are if you're supporting us it's really helpful makes this podcast possible keeps um you know helps pay for things like hosting services and bandwidth and whatnot so um until next time happy shooting all right bye-bye